Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Nathan Maines. Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, Episode 6. Today, my guest is Dr. David Volkman, Executive Deputy Secretary of the Department of Education. We'll be discussing the Every Student Succeeds Act and how the department is preparing Pennsylvania for the transition to the new federal law. But first, we want to talk about a new public awareness campaign recently launched called Success Starts Here. Its goal is to highlight the positive stories taking place in today's public schools. Joining me is Steve Robinson, Senior Director of Communications for PSBA, to tell us more about the campaign. Steve, tell us a little bit more about the campaign. Well, the campaign is a multi-year endeavor that, that will be using a number of different media to spread the word about the success stories in public education. Uh, We have some media buys uh, on the radio, television, and some uh, donated space in the billboards and uh, and uh, various outdoor advertising. So it's it's a multi-year campaign that's going to really drive home the message that that success is happening today in Pennsylvania's public schools. And, you know, PSBA, of course, uh, helped to get this thing started, but by no means is the only organization uh, working on it. Uh, I know we're really pleased with, with some of the various partners that have joined up. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, we have a number of organizations that are, are supporting this effort, including the Pennsylvania Principals Association, the uh, PAIU, which is the intermediate units, PASA, representing superintendents, PENSPRA, representing the public relations professionals, and PSEA, representing teachers. And certainly open to more uh, participating organizations as we go forward, correct? Absolutely. We're always open to more organizations joining the effort because it really is something that that we feel that every organization that's involved in public education can get on board with. And I, I know you mentioned uh, really the, the reason for the campaign is to promote the success of, of every school district across the state. Some school districts are, are obviously bigger, have uh, PR people, that sort of thing, but you've made it uh, a simple enough uh, opportunity that any school district can really promote uh, the, the many amazing things they're doing every single day. How can any district in the state engage in this campaign and get the information to us? Yeah, it's really very easy. The best thing to do and probably the, the thing that will have the most impact is to go out to the website, which is successstartshere.org, and on that site, you'll find a support, uh, show support tab that has uh, various resources for you, a toolkit, and there's also an online form that you can fill out very simply. Uh, send us your story. It gives you an opportunity to share some photos. If you have videos, send us the links because we'd love to have those out there. And what we'll do is as we get these stories in, we're uh, coordinating them and making sure that there's some consistency on the website so we will take a look at them and repost those as as we get them in the toolkit also for like you said not every school district has a, a PR person the toolkit really helps every district uh, better tell their story because there's some resources there that that walk you through how what is the best way to tell a story how do you reach out to the media how do you use social media so a lot of those things are available on, in the toolkit area. We've also made window clings that we've sent out to all the school districts and IUs and CTCs, but you can always order more if you want more. And that's a great way to, to get the message out about the campaign as people are coming into your buildings. 
and you, you touched on it, I probably should have brought it up sooner, it's not just about the school districts, the 500 school districts across Pennsylvania, but it's promoting the positive impact of intermediate units and CTCs as well. So it's a great opportunity uh, to really showcase some of their programs. Absolutely. There's success stories happening all over the place in pub public education. Uh, so we want to make sure that we're capturing all of that. So i got to put you on the spot. We've only been up and running on the campaign now for a couple of weeks, but we've been flooded with amazing stories and, and great opportunities for districts to promote uh, their programs. Anything stick in your mind already, something uh, that impressed you, something that surprised you? Yeah, there was a, a neat story from the South Fayette School District out in Allegheny County, and there was a group of students there that actually won a national award for a, an app that they created called the Bus Buddy app, and that's still in beta testing, but what it does is it allows parents to know when their children are getting on and off a school bus. Uh, that was just an amazing uh, effort by a group of talented students in that district, and it really showcased what students uh, all across the state are, are capable of. So one of many stories on the website, Success Starts Here. Check it out on online, on Twitter. Uh, the stories keep coming. Steve, thank you for all the hard work on this campaign, and, and PSBA is excited to be a part of uh, a major effort across the state. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. Joining us now by phone, we have Dr. David Volkman. He is the Executive Deputy Secretary at the Pennsylvania Department of Education, a longtime career educator who uh, came back out of retirement, I guess, to, uh, to serve at PDE. Uh, Dr. Volkman, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Wanted to just chat with you a little bit about the report that PDE put out in August on graduation requirements. Can you kind of bring us up to speed on that and, and uh, what's lying ahead on that? Sure. Um, well, obviously, I think we know that one of the reasons behind the report, the legislature was asking us really to take a look at our, our keystone exams and to look at graduation requirements in general. And so I think one of the things we found early on in process is, uh, and the report really pretty much summarizes this, and I won't get into the weeds on the four specific recommendations, but you know, we found that the graduation requirements were narrow, and we also recognized that one size doesn't fit all. So as we talked about this and the research was conducted, we found that, you know, looking at multiple measures, different metrics would more accurately really reflect students' ability and really their pension for either a post-secondary program or a career option. And uh, if you take a look, I mean, the initial regs that brought, the, um, brought this to the floor go back to the 2006 report of the Governor's Commission on College and Career Success, and that's actually referenced in the report. And you have to stop and think how the workplace has changed since 2006. We also recognize the importance of a diploma and that it has to mean something in order for it to be valued. And this is a personal bias that I have, which, you know, maybe I shouldn't share, but I will. I mean, you know, our exams are sort of a snapshot in time. And, uh, and we've used them a lot for federal reporting. That's a mandate that we have. And when we looked at our annual pass rates for Keystones, they, they really weren't where we wanted them to be. And um, so at the same time, then we were also talking about students really needing a, a voice and a choice, if you will, as they prepare for, for college or career. Um, so the provision of options that we have included in this report, the four options that are there, really um, really helps the student, I think, in meeting their goals satisfactorily themselves because, you know, it's, it's almost like going into a restaurant. You're not going to, not everyone's going to get the same thing on the menu. And this gives students those options. And I think 
for us, it's really important for the whole idea of competency-based learning to come to the fore because competency-based learning opportunities are, I think, are really crucial as, as we work to a, a skilled workforce in Pennsylvania. A couple of years ago when a study was done, and I really forget the tenets of the study except that uh, we talk about attracting business and businesses to the state of Pennsylvania. It's really dependent upon a skilled workforce and regions will be at a competitive disadvantage if we cannot provide skilled workforce members in each of the regions of Pennsylvania. And so for us, um, looking at this, at this report, uh, we're also looking at ways that we can entice young people to stay in Pennsylvania and recognizing the two-thirds of the jobs uh, in the Commonwealth are going to require some form of post-secondary training. And so we see this uh, we see this report and we see what's been happening in our schools hopefully as a launching pad for for students to go on and uh, I think that's that's really one of the most important things that, that can come out of this for us so we uh, presented that to the legislature they're going to be reviewing it you it's a hefty document and uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, to what they, they come back with I think the important the other important thing is here it ties in very nicely with the changes in ESSA, uh, proposed possible changes in ESSA, if you will, because, again, that is going to provide us with greater opportunities for kids that go beyond the singular uh, test, be a determinant whether or not you know, they're going to be successful and whether or not they're going to graduate from high school. So I do, I want to ask you about ESSA and, and the department's efforts to date, but let me, I just want to ask you about the report for another second, and that is, sure. you know, I know it's only been out a short time, really, but what's, what's your perception? How's it been received so far, uh, not just by the General Assembly, obviously, where, where it needed to be delivered, but, but uh, by other stakeholders, the public, that sort of thing? I mean, what's been the feedback to PDE? You know, it's interesting. We have it on the website, and it's, you're just one click away from it. And uh, I, we really haven't had a, a lot of feedback. Our Deputy Secretary for Elementary and Secondary Education, our, our um, our ledge person actually went over to uh, the state legislature. They met with the members. They talked with leadership in education. They uh, were available to respond to a variety of questions. Um, our division chief uh, in, in assessment was there, as was our psychometrician, uh, who's, who's worked for a number of years with us on, on, on Keystone. So we haven't uh, really had much feedback at all, to tell you the truth. I think they're probably digesting the information. I know that. Uh, Periodically, questions have arisen, but nothing uh, that indicates which way they're leaning relative to any or all of the options. Interesting. Well, you mentioned ESSA, and, and uh, you know, obviously PDE has been very actively involved in a, in a large-scale stakeholder group, and you know PSBA has been uh, as active as, as uh, we can be around bringing people together to talk about ESSA. Uh, really has the potential, I think, to, to change the face of education in Pennsylvania and around the country. But uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, where the department is with, with the work group, uh, what all you're trying to tackle, because it is an awful lot of work for each uh, state department of education, and uh, what the timeline looks going forward, what the timeline looks like going forward uh, for PDE in terms of getting those uh, findings out. Sure. Well, obviously, you know, every state, I think, has been approaching this um, a little differently. As a matter of fact, we were really pleased that Secretary King made time to come to Pennsylvania because they, he was really so pleased with the process that we had put into place and actually was touting that as a model. 
uh, I think one of the first things, and again, PSBA was intimately involved in this. Um, you know, we had to we had to identify uh, folks to be in a large stakeholder group, and uh, then we wanted to break that large stakeholder group down into the the working groups, the four groups dealing one dealing with assessment, one with accountability, one with evaluation, um, and one with certification. And so when we looked at this large stakeholder group, from that large stakeholder group that was identified and vetted, we pulled out 20 what we considered to be experts um, who would work in one of those four subgroups. And uh, so obviously those subgroups have been meeting. And um, while the federal negotiated rulemaking was ongoing through March, we had our groups put together. Uh, we've actually... Um, had our first whole group session back in April, and then we had the two work groups, uh, one back on June 14th, one August 30th. And so now they finalized their work, these experts, who also are parents, and they, in, in some instances they um, represent a variety of stakeholders. Uh, but again, we wanted to make sure that we had the right people at the, at the table. So now they've come up with these recommendations. I understand there had to be a consensus, at least three quarters of the members of each of the four work groups had to say, hey, we agree with this, and that's how it made it through the next, uh, the next step, the next stage, if you will. So now that the, the recommendations are being finalized by uh, the work groups for each of the focus areas, a draft report is going to be shared with the general stakeholder group, the whole group, on October the 18th. And uh, following that, uh, of course, those recommendations will be reviewed. It will certainly help us inform the plan moving forward. But then that, that really pretty much ends phase one. Uh, then we move into phase two. And uh, basically, as we work with in phase two, it's bringing other stakeholders to the table, having regional meetings, um, talking with specific groups of individuals that may not have been at the table to get their feedback on, on what we need to do. So it'll be quite a process, I think, uh, you know, moving forward in terms of getting additional feedback uh, and making this manageable as the final state plan is, is prepared. Now, as you know, along the way, we have to keep the state legislature involved. We want to, and we have been keeping the General Assembly appraised of every step of the way. There have been multiple meetings after each of the stakeholder group meetings. Um, and, of course, the, um, the plan itself is actually on the website. Uh, not the plan. I'm sorry. The recommendations have been posted. You just go to ESSA on the PDE website, and then you can just click, and you can see what the, the work of the subgroups has been over the last uh, couple of months so that we're you know, being transparent all the way through this whole process. And um, so then that will, of course, once all of this work is done, then we have to formulate a state plan. And when you formulate a state plan, I think uh, once we have the stakeholders involved, of course, the state legislature, again, has to approve our plan. Then we obviously get prepared to submit that to the U.S. Department of Education and um, for, you know, their action because they do a review process as well, and then they get back to us with the yay, nay, or modify. Very, uh, very intense and, and lengthy, but it sounds like it's going well. It is going very well. As a matter of fact, I think the, you know, the good news is, and I've been able to participate, you know, as an observer throughout the process, and I mean, um, the, the discussions have been robust, I think, um, and they've been, in some instances, uh, positively animated as people try to make their points. But I think coming out of the room, 
each of the four rooms at each of the sessions, people have said, at least I had a voice. At least they listened to me. I was able to talk about what my concerns were. And, uh, you know, when you get that many people in a room, um, having been a superintendent, uh, when you get that many people in a room and they come to an agreement, that, that, that's pretty good, especially the groups they were representing, uh, you know, at the table. So I, I yes, I, it was it was rigorous. It was vigorous, uh, but I think in the end, it's uh, the best way to go about creating a plan, any kind of a plan, because the folks will all have a vested interest in, in, in seeing what happens. I think the one thing is that, and you can go on the website to see this. I think the one area where people were pretty much unanimous was. Uh, looking at assessments in Pennsylvania, and uh, not only in Pennsylvania, but obviously hearing what's going on around the country, and that is that, you know, there should be less time devoted to um, assessments. And, uh, but of course, then you get into that discussion, well, should you continue to use selected responses, or should you just do multiple choice? But I think moving forward, I think a big discussion point will be the length of our assessments in Pennsylvania. I, uh, I was down recently in Washington and, and had a chance. We were talking a bit about ESSA, and I can tell you uh, people are complimentary of Pennsylvania and what PDE has been doing, especially in, in light of some other states that maybe aren't uh, focusing as intensely on stakeholder participation and feedback. I, without naming names, a couple of states were mentioned uh, in some of the conversations as um, making comments available by, via the website or something like that, um, just giving it the the minimal effort that they thought would be required in order to move through the process and uh, it, it was great to, to be able to uh, sit in the room and listen to them compliment Pennsylvania because it has been uh, at least from our perspective at PSBA a very intensive process uh, and a very open process and uh, one that I know you know we're excited to to continue forward and, and compliments to PDE uh, because certainly it's been a major thrust of work down there for um, the last several months if, if not longer. Well, thanks, and we and you know, we've tried to be as inclusive as possible as well, and I think that you know that that speaks well to to the process because, and you mentioned the idea, you know, we've been certainly transparent, and uh, we have certainly you know brought folks to the table. I think one of the one of the discussions I know that Secretary King had with uh, Secretary Rivera was the fact that with uh, our work with CCSSO, our Chief Counsel of State School Administrators, and the fact that they did some collaboration with us as well. I think uh, Secretary King wanted to be able to look at this as a model that he could share with other states in his travels, especially as he's traveling now uh, to so many states relative to the opening of school piece. So I think uh, that, that was greatly appreciated, and uh, it, uh, it goes to the hard work of a full team here because, as you know, we're not uh, capacity-wise, we're not the, as, as big as we were at one time. Sure. So it, it is a, it, it takes a lot of folks. So there are a lot of people really doing the, the work on this for us. Well, and, and it leads me to, to the last question I had for you, and, and you know, knowing the, the limited capacity, I guess, versus several years ago, and how much ESSA is taking up, I, I know that you're working on other things at the same time, and, and uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask if you could give us kind of a, a sneak peek at some of the other big projects that PDE is currently tackling, and, and anything we should be looking forward to coming out of PDE. Okay, well, the, obviously, one of the big things we're working on is ESSA. And uh, we are, you know, again, our, we're not, we think now we may be submitting our plan in June of 2017. So, again, that's uh, something that we're really working on. 
um, uh, making sure that we, we don't want to be the first to submit um, because we don't want to necessarily go in March. So, again, it's all, all hands on deck, so to speak, to work on that. So finalizing our state plan is going to be a major project that we're going to have this year. I think um, another thing that we're really, really working on is um, this first phase of the New Skills for Youth grant. Are you familiar with that? Not a lot. No, tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, well, the New Skills for Youth Grant, we're, we're working with our um, with other agencies, obviously, but we were one of 25 states uh, that got a $100,000 grant for a period of six months, which will which really started in May and will take us through October. And basically, uh, that money was, and it, it came uh, through uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, I believe. Anyway, that money uh, was intended to support a six-month period to plan, design, develop, and begin a year-long state strategy to build career awareness for youth in Pennsylvania. So um, once we get to the October deadline, we are then going to apply for another $650,000 grant, which lasts for, for three years. And um, so our goal, of course, uh, basically is to conduct an inventory of uh, locally developed career pathway programs in the field under Chapter 339, as you know, I mean, we uh, talk about having career pathway programs in our schools and also looking at uh, guidance plans in, in the same regard um, to see where that takes us. And, of course, that will dovetail nicely with this whole college and crowd. Um, and then, of course, again, what we want to do is we want to make sure that we have uh, Chapter 339 programs in each of our high schools. We want to make sure that our elementary schools are engaged in career um, exploration, that um, at the middle school, obviously, they have more career awareness, and then at the high school, um, obviously, they're out there engaged in, in could be um, apprenticeships, uh, uh, work, work opportunities, uh, out-of-school work opportunities, and that kind of thing. So um, we're really excited about it. Team PA has sort of pulled this together for us, and again, it's, it's L&I, it's the Department of Education, and several other agencies are working collaboratively on this, but uh, the, big, the, the big push, quite honestly, is again to help our kids uh, have some sense of what they want to do once, once they leave high school. Um, another area that we're working on is um, broadband connectivity. We, um, we recognize that 409 of our, our school districts already have, uh, are connected, but the secretary is very interested in making sure that our students who are in relatively small schools, and I know you folks know better than anyone that most of our districts have less than 2,000 students, and then you look at the rural areas where the populations are much smaller, so they really can't support a robust variety of course offerings for students. And so what that means is we'd love to be able to offer some higher level courses to students, AP courses. Um, and we're looking to do that with the, the support and the help of the college board, naturally. But we also have to work with our smaller districts on, on broadband connectivity to make sure that that happens. Again, I think we're really pleased uh, at the number of districts that are connected, but I think this is, this is really important for us as well. And um, we're also working on developing a strategy in the department for encouraging expansion of computer science classes. Um, in our Pennsylvania schools. Um, it, we really want to have a strategic plan to increase the opportunities for our students to study computer science, including 
but certainly not limited uh, to consideration of whether Pennsylvania science and technology standards should be amended. And then dovetailing that through our statewide system of support, we're working on a STEM initiative. The secretary was able to bring on board a special advisor to the secretary for the next several years, and that person's responsibility is to um, reach out to work with intermediate units and school districts on increasing STEM capacity in those schools and not only defining what STEM really is because some people still have, um, uh, still have difficulty defining what that really means, but also making sure students have those opportunities to uh, engage in, again, a pathway to success in the STEM-related field. So there, there are some of the big things that we're working on. Um, and of course, the, um, obviously the other thing that we're working on with higher ed is It's On Us. I know you're probably familiar with the It's yeah. On Us campaign yeah. or the initiative. And um, basically that was launched by, by Governor Wolf and uh, again, it's to improve awareness, prevention, reporting, and response systems in our schools, schools, not just colleges, but also colleges and universities to better serve all students. So that's, um, but I think that's all tied in with the uh, governor's goal of schools that teach. And so we're, we're working very, very hard. And with early ed, early education, we want to increase access to pre-kindergarten for our three and four-year-olds. We still hope to add 44,000 new pre-K slots Pennsylvania by 2020. That's an ambitious goal that the governor has set. And as I already mentioned, um, we also want to make sure, going back to STEM again, that uh, we uh, increase by 10,000 the number of students taking STEM-related career programs at right. colleges and universities across the Commonwealth. So no shortage of, uh, no shortage of projects and initiatives, and uh, despite uh, maybe a, a leaner staff than uh, years past. It sounds like a lot of neat things on the horizon. Absolutely. I, you know, and then, of course, um, then you have your everyday work you have to be, uh, you know, you have to be concerned about. I mean, we have a new school year going here, and uh, so uh, as much as we like to be proactive, we sometimes are firefighters, sure. and uh, so with a new school year comes uh, many emergent issues, so we need to be certainly responsive to those. And at the same time, work on the ongoing projects like comprehensive planning, school improvement planning, uh, the safe schools work that's going on out in, in, uh, across the Commonwealth, and of course, having to work with our priority and focus schools and our schools in turnaround and in recovery. So, yes, um, you know, it's uh, basically the Secretary's goal has been that we are more than a compliance agency, we are a collaborative partner in working with schools and working with uh, all the stakeholders across Pennsylvania. So, uh, yeah, we're just, we're just uh, trying to do some good things uh, with uh, a lean, mean staff, mean in a positive way. Absolutely. <laughs> our, our guest on Keystone Education Radio has been Dr. David Volkman, Executive Deputy Secretary of PDE. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank you for uh, the close collaborative relationship that PDE has had with PSBA and, uh, uh, you know, very much uh, enjoyed uh, are working together over the last several years and look forward to uh, to continuing. You, you've been well, you great know, partners and, and of we, us. And we enjoy working with you as well. You're a very important stakeholder to us. And, uh, I mean, I've worked with PSBA over a number of years in my role in the school in the school district. So uh, we appreciate everything you do to support us and help us. And, and actually, in, in some cases, you actually are the outreach arm that we use to work with districts. So thank you. We're happy to do it. So thank you so much for joining us on Christian sure. Education Radio. 
The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.